Volume three, chapter thirteen of the Seaboard Parish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Krause. The Seaboard Parish by George MacDonald. Chapter thirteen. Home again. I will not detain my readers with the record of the few days we spent in London. In writing the account of it, as in the experience of the time itself, I feel that I am near home, and grow the more anxious to reach it. Ah, I am growing a little anxious after another home, too, for the house of my tabernacle is falling to ruins about me. What a word home is! to think that god has made the world so that you have only to be born in a certain place and live long enough in it to get at the secret of it and henceforth that place is to you a home with all the wonderful meaning in the word thus the whole earth is a home to the race for every spot of it shares in that feeling some one of the family loves it as his home how rich the earth seems when we so regret it crowded with the loves of home yet i am now getting ready to go home to leave this world of homes to go home when i reach that home shall i even then seek yet to go home even then i believe i shall seek yet a warmer deeper truer home in the deeper knowledge of god in the truer love of my fellow man eternity will be my heart and my faith tell me a travelling homeward but in jubilation and confidence and the vision of the well-beloved when we had laid connie once more in her own room at least the room which since her illness had come to be called hers i went up to my study the familiar faces of my books welcomed me i threw myself in my reading chair and gazed around me with pleasure it felt so homely here all my old friends whom somehow i hoped to see some day present there in the spirit ready to talk with me any moment when i was in the mood making no claim upon my attention when i was not i felt as if i should like when the hour should come to die in that chair and pass into the society of the witnesses of that in the presence of the tokens they have left behind them i heard shouts on the stair and in rushed the two boys papa papa they were crying together what is the matter we found the big chest just where we left it well did you expect it would have taken itself off but there's everything in it just as we left it were you afraid then that the moment you left it it would turn itself upside down and empty itself of all the contents on the floor they laughed but apparently with no very keen appreciation for the attempt at a joke well baba i did not think anything about it but 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 there everything is as we left it with this triumphant answer they turned and hurried 
a little abashed out of the room but not many moments elapsed before the sounds that arose from them were sufficiently reassuring as to the state of their spirits when they were gone i forgot my books in the attempt to penetrate and understand the condition of my boy's thoughts and i soon came to see that they were right and i was wrong it was the movement of that undeveloped something in us which makes it possible for us in everything to give thanks it was the wonder of the discovery of the existence of law there was nothing that they could understand a priori to necessitate the remaining of the things where they had left them no doubt there was a reason in the nature of god why all things should hold together whence springs the law of gravitation as we call it but as far as the boys could understand of this all things might as well have been arranged for the flying asunder so that no one could expect to find anything where he had left it i began to see yet further into the truth that in everything we must give thanks and whatever is not of faith is sin even the laws of nature reveal the character of god not merely as regards their ends but as regards their kind being of necessity fashioned after ideal facts of his own being and will i rose and went down to see if anybody was getting settled and how the place looked i found ethel already going about the house as if she had never left it and as we all had just returned from a long absence she had to show us home hospitality winnie had vanished but i found her by and by in the favorite haunt of her mother before her marriage beside the little pond called the bishop's basin of which i do not think i have ever told my readers the legend but why should i mention it for i cannot tell it now the frost lay thick in the hollow when i went down there to find her the branches lately clothed with leaves stood bare and icy round her ethelwyn and i had almost forgotten that there was anything out of that common in connection with the house the horror of this mysterious spot had laid hold upon winnie i resolved that that night i would in her mother's presence tell her all the legend of the place and the whole story of how i won her mother i did so and i think it made her trust us more but now i left her there and went to connie she lay in her bed for her mother had got her hither at once a perfect picture of blessed comfort there was no occasion to be uneasy about her i was so pleased to be home again with such good hopes that i could not rest but went wandering everywhere into places even which i had not entered for ten years at least and found fresh interest in everything for this was home and here i was now i fancy my readers looking forward to the end and seeing what small amount of print is left blaming me some that i have aroused curiosity without satisfying it others that i have kept them so long over a dull book with a lame conclusion but out of a life 
one cannot always cut complete portions and serve them up in nice shapes i am well aware that i have not told them the fate as some of them would call it either of my daughters this i cannot develop now even as far as it is known to me but if it is any satisfaction to them to know this much and it will be all that some of them mean by fate i fear i might as well tell them now that winnie has been mrs percival for many years with a history well worth recounting and that connie has had a quiet happy life for nearly as long as mrs turner she has never got strong but has very tolerable health her husband watches her with the utmost care and devotion my ethelwyn is still with me harry has gone home charlie is a barrister of the middle temple and dora i must not forget dora well i will say nothing about her fate for good reasons it is not quite determined yet meantime she puts up with the society of her old father and mother and is something else than unhappy i fully believe and connie's baby asked one of the ten thousand readers i have no time to tell you about her now but as though you know her so little it cannot be such a child to remain for a time at least unenlightened with regret to her fate the only part of my history which could contain anything like incident enough to make it interesting in print is a period i spent in london a few years after the time of which i have now been writing but i am getting too old to regard the commencement of another history with composure the labor of thinking into sequences even the bodily labor of writing grows more and more severe i fancy i can think correctly still but the effort necessary to express myself with corresponding correctness becomes in prospect the epithet in prospect at least something most appalling i must therefore take leave of my patient reader for surely every one who has followed me through all that i have here written well deserves the epithet as if the probability that i shall write no more were a certainty bidding him farewell with one word friend hope thou in god and for a parting gift offering him anew and i think a true rendering for the first verse of the eleventh chapter of the epistle to the hebrews now faith is the essence of hopes the trying of things unseen goodbye the end end of volume three chapter thirteen and end of the seaboard parish by george macdonald